0: Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to The Friday Show. It's the show that's very pleased to announce that it will be taking over the full-time managerial duties at Watford next week, which means that if you hear of any job vacancies going around November time, please get in touch. As regular listeners to this show will know, we mainly talk about football here, but like to mix it up sometimes by averting our gaze to music, and that's precisely what we're doing today. Because we're delighted to say that we're joined by one of the North West's most talented and engaging singer-songwriters – Tim o for several years, Timo was in the maybes, a fantastic band from Liverpool that morphed into the equally fantastic T Street Band. Fusing Balearic beats with an indie sensibility for T Street Band's second album, Frequency, was recently part of Tim Burgess's listening party on Twitter. And when the world writes itself, and we can all go to gigs again, please go check them out, because they're nothing short of Ace Live. Well today, we're here to talk about a solo project, an album called City Pets, you out on July the thirty-first under the pseudonym of Akira. We've heard the new single "Deep Love" and we deeply love it. But before we get to the music, let's meet the man behind it. Hello, Timo. You well, mate? I'm
1: very good, mate. Slightly hungover from last night's celebrations. Um, I was going to ask about
0: that. What time did you get in?
1: <sighs> um, I think it's all to um, don't know really. Was it uh, light? <laughs> Uh, not what it, it, I don't think it was like, but it was tough to get a taxi. Yeah. Um, Uber, the cheeky buggers had put the price up three times, so an old taxi would have cost me eight quid. It would have cost me forty quid or something last night. Wow. Um, so it meant that I had to sit in the pub for the next three hours. Um, so I was quite happy with that. Yeah,
0: put me a favour.
1: <laughs> don't be a big favour.
0: Um, so let's talk about Akiro. Um, Yeah. Had you planned on doing something on your own for a while or did it come about from the highly unusual circumstance we've all found ourselves in lately?
1: Yeah, totally. i would never, ever, ever even thought about doing anything on my own. Um, I love being in a band. I love playing with the lads. They get the best out of me and I feel like when we're together, I always sound like a good guitarist when Lee plays. I always make a joke that... You know, together we're better than anyone, and I'm the second best guitarist in the CC band, and that's absolutely fine because in you know, all good musically they are. You know, yeah. I know everything about. You know, when Dom's going to do a certain thing, you know, when Nick Nick does it, we just I just know everything. So it's like kind of um, do something on your own, you know, because it's it's quite a weird thing, writing Music and I'm putting it out there because, um, you know, I'm quite confident in it. I've got on, like kind of where to where to worry about stuff or to get anxieties, but kind of when then you're doing something to put out there for people then to criticise, but instead of criticising four years, it's going to be criticising just me. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and it, you know, although, you know, I don't look to that cause that's quite negative. There's always that thing in the back of my mind thinking, you know, is anyone going to like it? You know, and, and, and that kind of thing. So I, I've never, ever, ever planned about doing anything on my own. And then within the first two weeks of, of having this lockdown, um, I was getting up at like five in the morning and felt like, felt like everything was just dead weird because I wasn't doing much to the day. Yeah. I wasn't having, I was sleeping less because I, I, I'd used less energy. Um, I was waking up and I just thought, no, what, I wonder what this garage band's about and switched it on and, and then all of a sudden just like started doing stuff and, and it was weird because I'd I just done it over like eight, eight mornings between half five and eight o'clock and then I'd go in and get the dog out of bed and take him to the park and I'd listen to what I'd done that morning. Hmm. and then think, what do we need to do to make that better? Um, and after like eight days, I had an album. Um, was it only eight days? Yeah. Of, of wow. Th- it hasn't cost me a single penny um, to do the videos, done the videos myself. So, um, you know, where everything was just done like, and, and eight days, doing like two hours, and then obviously, you know, spending time listening back and doing stuff, but actually sitting down to do it was in the mornings between half five and eight o'clock.
0: Yeah, that's the best time to kind of that's what I feel most kind of creative early in the morning. Me too. So, what about the my name Akira?
1: Where does that come from? Um, You know, I, I, I've always like really like into you know, um, African names, you know, footballers from when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, seen these like fantastic names, which 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 are great. And then there's that um, Japanese film, is it called like, Akira's or? Yes, or, yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember seeing that and thinking, "Well, that's a that's a good film." Um, I'm not really into it uh, is it what's it called anime or manga or something? Anime, yeah, yeah. anime. Yeah. I didn't want to say the wrong one because no one of them's like Japanese porn cartoon. <laughs> and I definitely wasn't. I, I definitely haven't watched none of them. They they don't float my boat. Um, but and then I, I just typed in um, the top hundred African surnames. names, and um, Akira just just jumped out at me because either end of it there's like a circle and then it's got three syllables you know all the all the great bands you know stone roses oasis rolling stones the beatles and as i said before zz top <laughs> um you know they've all got this this thing and, and that added and i just thought you know i quite like it, it looks it looks it looks good and, and sounds good and it, and it just means like baby a baby who's born with fat cheeks um Which and I've got adorable. A, yeah i've got a really fat on the chin at the moment <laughs> yeah. um, I was gonna
0: say actually, I'm wondering if the um, if name's got an antonym because that would definitely apply to me because I was skinny, I was born skinny, I was skinny my whole life, but since lockdown, it's got so many donuts that I've got distinctly chubby cheeks right now. So
1: yeah, it's it, I don't mind. It's it's like last night, I um, I was just like you know, t- like with me made Sean and and we took a selfie, and I never do unless I'm bladded. and when I got up this morning, Helen. Um, my wife showed me this picture. She'd zoomed right in on my face, and my face looked like when John Candy on Uncle Buckle or something. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my God, is that what I look like? Oh God." Um, what's, so,
0: um, what's the name of the the guy who, who started up Creation Records? I can't. Uh, McGee, um, Alan McGee. McGee, sorry, of course. I interviewed him once, and I never do kind of selfies after interviews or anything because yeah. I, I want to try and look a, a little bit, you know, detached. But with yeah. him, I thought, yeah, I want a selfie with him. Oh, it's the worst photo of me ever. Really bad. I must have just been breathing out in all the wrong places. Yeah,
1: It's like, because you do this weird thing anyway, where you look into the camera differently and, and you do all, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's not it's not real, is it? It's def- and I hope not, because as I say, on this picture, I look absolutely <laughs> dreadful. I look like um, my granddad all something. a sudden. horrible. <laughs> horrible.
0: Um, One thing that's always fascinated me about anyone who who makes an album is that no matter if they fall into it because they've composed a couple of great tunes and then momentum takes hold, or if they purposely set out from the off to make an LP, there must come a point where they think, right, what do I want to really, what do I want this album to stand for? What do I want to achieve with this? So were there any kind of higher aspirations for City Pets over and above, you know, the actual
1: music? No, um, no. I kind of, I just wanted to put it out for free. I didn't really want to, you know, thankfully with Side doing the My68 distribution and getting all the CDs and cassettes done with me, mm. uh, you know, I'd agree with Modern Sky that it was going to cost nothing. You know, there was no outlet. I just wanted the support to say we'll put it out on digital platforms. And that's all I wanted from it. So, you know, obviously, um, I, I I, just didn't, didn't, I, you know, I'm never, you know, I, I don't want to. I am going to probably do a couple of gigs now because I've been asked to do them, but I was never even wanting to perform live on my own. I was ne- never wanting, you know, you see me in Eagle, mate, I don't particularly like it. <laughs> you know, and I like going to Chester, but it's not my bag. I don't, I, you know, I love playing with the lads, again, yeah. like like writing and, you know, having a buzz with them, but I couldn't imagine anything worse than traveling to fucking Southampton on my own. Yeah. And sitting in a backstage room on my own to play on my own. It, it's just something that doesn't, you know, Can I, um, doing the Seeds, doing the album, it's, you know, whatever it comes from, it's it's, it's excellent. If people hear and people like it, brilliant. If they don't, you know, we're doing another T Street Band album anyway, so it doesn't really matter.
0: Right, well, I was going to ask about the kind of, when you put together songs with T Street Band, how does that work? Do you do a lot of the stuff on your own there anyway, or, or is it a collaborative effort, you know, well, actually I, making the songs?
1: Yeah, collaborative, definitely. You know, I was speaking to Sean before, um, an old friend who done our first ever recording with us. So bumped into him in the park. Mario, uh, he works with hot chip now and all my stuff, and right. he's done he's done really well. Um, he's a lovely lad, and, and and I was saying to him, it's it's strange because you know what? If I'm writing a song, I don't I don't particularly pick up my guitar and write a song like probably Stephen Still's would or, or like Noel Gallagher would or anyone like that. I don't mm. do it. Um, what a, what a find I find to do is if I write a chord sequence and then you know, play to to lads and then we jam it and then Right. I probably we probably someone gets a melody over it and then it's like that's how we and then the song evolves together. Um whereas I write doing this album, this City Pets one, it was like kind of I was getting a drum beat, putting I getting a keyboard and just sitting and finding five notes that I liked or four notes and then doing it again with a different difference and making that the bridge. So it's like just creating songs from like building Lego or something. And the the thing about it was I wasn't having to, you know, like I'm I'm never hung up about what I'm saying in songs. Obviously, I don't want to say stuff which I don't agree with in the lyrics, but I don't want to, I don't think too much about it because I think every single person that listens to a song will take something different from it. The amount of of people that have said to me, "Oh, you know, summer demons about like, summer and and it, it wasn't when I wrote it you know what I mean it, it totally isn't isn't that but interpretation is down for listener. and mm. so the more vivid and, and kind of you know bit mad it is then the more options it gives people to create their own story to it Um whereas you know the lads like saying something meaningful and, and, and thinking about the words I don't you know and, and I, I think I'm lazy in a way of doing that but also I just think that's what I like to do, and then with the band, you know, we will sit down and write the best ways we possibly can to 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 get the songs the best. But doing it myself, I'd rather not. So, how does it come about with
0: the kind of fusion of dance music and guitar music with Two Street Band? If, if it's kind of if the songs are created via kind of jams, uh, is dance music kind of laid out over that later, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, um, when we first asked the band, um, me and Albo were like James used to play keyboard in the band, um, me and Arbo used to sit in my flat and, and we'd have like a, we had a 303 mm. and um, we'd have a Korg and I had a, a digital photograph. and it was, they were just the drum, that gave to give up, but, you know, we had an idea that kind of at that moment when we are doing it 2011, probably 2010, there was no one doing it. Like, and it sounds like mad in Liverpool. There was no one doing warehouse raves. There was no one playing, like, like dance music that people go to a gig and dance to. Yeah. There was, like, loads of words, pop, shop, like, this pop indie stuff that was knocking down. And we just thought there was a bit of a niche in, in no one's doing it. And at that time, you know, we had to kind of, a point of, if you wanted to get the T-Street band, you have to come watch the T-Street band, you know, mm. because we did this point. But when we were rehearsing, it was kind of, you know we had the songs we had the album there because when we started the band we had we had the songs um and kind of after that it was then we had to write another album and then you know when you've got to do that it's quite hard because everyone's then got their input whereas when you start on a band it's usually one person says I've got five songs or I've yes got yes, six songs so there's already that Built up over a, a long longer period of time, I guess. Yeah, well. but there's a guide, in there, that everyone can and understand, and yeah. you can all get on that page that this is what you're working towards. Yeah. And then when, when they're kind of done and you've got to sit and write it together, everyone wants to have an input, everyone wants to get involved, so that's fantastic, but it takes time. Yeah. And um, something we've talked about
0: before in this show with uh, Matty from the Shipbuilders is to what extent is music defined by where you come from? stereotypically bands from Liverpool have always had a deep appreciation of melody presumably going all the way back to Mersey beat bands from Manchester meanwhile have always made music laced with a certain attitude a kind of we don't care if you like this we know it ourselves it's brilliant um, and that comes through even in in pop music going right back to the Hollies with so much music now made in bedrooms on laptops etc is this still the case or does it no longer matter where you're from in, in terms of how it informs your music?
1: Um, I think it definitely, you know, it makes, it makes a difference. You know, people, bands from Liverpool, you know, I do have that sound and melody and and, and, and kind of that mazy beat element to every, sing, every single band that you're going to see in Liverpool. They're from Liverpool, you know, they're from Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but, maybe, you know, in Manchester, there's, there's always been... I, I always used to... To be fair, I used to like playing in Manchester more than I like playing in Liverpool. You know, along Oldham Street, there was... The dry Bar, Night and Day, um, kind of right the right the way across to like Chawton Irish Centre. Yeah. Were the audiences different? Yeah, it's totally different. They were, they were more appreciative of the music. Um, right. At that time, that's when we're like doing the maybe stuff. It's like 2006 probably. Um, and we used to go over and play this night called Blowout and one called Acoustic Haneke. And we were going to Manchester once a week and playing. In one year we'd done... I think um, three hundred and two gigs in a year, because um, we used to keep like diaries of it all. Yeah, and all the time we go to Manchester, you'd meet bands who had a bit of a difference about them. They were a bit, they were, they were individual. They had that. I remember they was, oh, what was that? the young offenders institute. there was a band called right, uh, and they were mad. when we met them? They were like really nice lads, but they were mad, and it was like <laughs> you know, it was good to see and it was it was like kind of like fresh ways you'd Go to Liverpool and, and, and kind of they'd all pretty much be, be the same kind of band, you yeah. know. And, and but it definitely, definitely where you're from does have an influence. Um, you know, I'm very proud of where I'm from, and and then on the other side of it though, it's like very proud to be from the Northwest, right? And you know, well, yeah. yeah, that's how I,
0: I, I tend to see music in that way, and, and we'll come on to that actually very shortly. Um, you previously said that a big influence on your music or at least your decision. To originally pick up a guitar was Oasis. Yeah. And um, there were so many good guitar bands kind of coming through around the early nineties. But what set Oasis apart, do you think?
1: Um everything really. <laughs> yeah. It, it was like, you know, I I liked songs from Shed Seven. I liked songs from the Charlatans. I liked, you know, I liked that at Canton but it didn't support Manchester United. Yeah, yeah. Um and then Absolutely. you know, Nolan Liam had this and, and you know it was Bowenhead who got me into Oasis. I remember seeing him um, when I was getting ready to go to, to senior school, and he was getting dragged onto an aeroplane, and, and he he was rotten drunk, <laughs> and he, he pulled he pulled the Mooney to the, the aeroplane window, and um, and then they think oh, wow, these are mad whoever these are, and then they were just everywhere you looked, they were there, you know, and they were on the on the news every day, they were in newspapers. And and kind of that was the that was what I wanted to be part of. I wanted to be I wanted to be in that gang. You know what I mean? I to, Yeah. I didn't I didn't want to be into Blair because Blair I wasn't students so and I just found Blair <laughs> was just like two y for me. You know yeah, I, I, see, yeah. I just didn't get it. Um, Oasis had this had the B sides as
0: well. I mean, uh, no other band had like anything like the amount of a decent B sides is what Oasis no.
1: had. You know, and, and and like a lot of people in Liverpool uh, give them flack over. They say you know the real people inspired them and, and and um, you know, they, they, they never had not enough they wouldn't have came to Liverpool and Diggy you and know, all that thing. Yeah. And I, I might agree with it but then on the flip side of it though, it's, you know, that's that's what music's about. It's about helping one another and influencing one another and, you know, the amount of bands that wouldn't have been able to do anything from Liverpool without Oasis in the last 20 years, you know, you look at all like the bandwagon stuff what was happening and Noah was turning up on a Thursday night and playing in, 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 in the Zanzibar, like, you mm. know, and, 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 and tournament bands for Liverpool. He's always done that. You know, even Liam now talks about Liam Avers being a genius and all the rest of it. Um, so it, you know, they were just they were just something that I was really into. Um, and I saw them in the in the um, I saw them in Amsterdam before I saw them in the GMEX, I think it was I was 15. And right. they walked out of that telephone um, box. Yeah. Like that but- butler came on, there's like a butler comes on stage. And I think it was the boys are back in town was playing dead loud, um, and then the, the 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 box opened and they walked out on stage, and it was like as a fifteen year old kid who I was banging to football just before then, um, and then I saw Oasis. The Fuck them, Sueness. Fucking not into that no more. I wanted just you know, I can't be asked watching John Scales, Phil Bab walking around in white suits when there's this, you know, and I stood about. Must have been about. It felt about six foot away from Noel playing playing his guitar, and he was bopping, and and then Liam was like come walking up and down, and and he just, it just it was just like for me seeing like I used to, I used to say when I was you know a bit younger, it was like seeing one of the seven wonders of the world, and it really was. It felt like I my life changed at that moment, um, and I sounds like cliche and a bit nerdy or weird to say, it, but it really did at that moment. When I saw how, how amazing music can be. Yeah, you know, I just thought I,
0: I won in on this. Um, so that's yeah, I, I totally kind of relate to that. I very similar with the roses, um, and then formed a band with Cypher enough, but unfortunately, yeah. you can sing, you can play guitar. I can't sing, and I can't yeah. play guitar. That that's my downfall, I feel. Looking back now, it was a fact that I couldn't do either of those things. Yeah,
1: that, that, <laughs> that, that helps, doesn't it? You know what? It <laughs> um, it's funny because i I done a night and I, 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 I not for. For Boston, and I, the, the lads are doing, like, a gig at the end of the Newcastle game. And they had all, like, the lads who've done the things playing. And it's like, I do covers when I do that, mate, but I'm terrible at it. You no, know I mean? I'm not I'm not very good at doing covers. I always forget the chords. I always bloody forget the words. I always do everything wrong. And I record the five songs. And I've said to my oh, lads, I can't put none of them up. You know, can I just do another one somewhere? So, like, I, I'm probably the same as you. I can't bloody sing or bloody play. Oh, I don't think... One. I can play my own stuff, again, when the lads are playing, I can just mime and and pretend to look good and and bop my head around, but half the time, probably not even playing.
0: For anyone listening who's who's never heard, um, Tim, I can assure you, he's been uh, overly modest there. Maybe. In the uh, media, Oasis were very much portrayed as a Manchester band, kind of mad for it and all that, Um, but Noel, uh, as you've said in the previous answer, actually, it was kind of Carried a philosophy that really it didn't matter between Manchester and Liverpool, and and that was kind of carried on from the Roses as well. I think they very much disliked all the Manchester la 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 chant at gigs, yeah. and uh, believing it's not where you're from, of course, but where you're at. Um, yeah. With Manchester City and Liverpool developing quite a, a you know kind of bit of a hostile rivalry in recent times, it strikes me that football could learn a thing or two from music about getting along and not hating for hating's sake. Uh, would you go along with that?
1: Yeah, I was, um, but, you know, when City went through, you know, when they went through that pretty dire time of being, like, relegated a couple of times, then they had that capper um, Kit. <laughs> yes. Um, like, I, I used, to, used to see people in Liverpool walk around, that bloody, that kit on, you know what I mean, so, and it's not like, I'm not saying it was, like, like loads of people were, but people weren't, that, that rivalry didn't seem to be there, and yeah. obviously, this rivalry came from being successful, you know, it's... We Liverpool have aimed to be at the high high spot, and and that's where City have been for the best part of you know last five, six, seven years. Um, you know, they've, they've smashed them. They've been, you know, and that's that's where rivalry comes from. It just it just it it breeds rivalry, being successful and and having the drive there to want to one be better. Yeah. And Liverpool, you know, if it would have been Newcastle, probably who, who would have been in, in Man City shoes. You know, we would have had that rivalry with them as well. Kind of, we have. You know, I saw something not long ago where they said, you know, the rivalry isn't as bitter between Liverpool and United no more. It's Liverpool and City. I, I'm not having that. You know I mean? <laughs> I'm not having that at all. You know, and, and the thing was stale going as well. And you know, he 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 got it. You know, obviously, so you know, a tough time because you know he'd done he'd done the thing that every fan thinks is the most worst thing in the world is, yeah. is to ask to leave your club to go to a rival. Um, and if you're Liverpool supporter, you you grew up supporting the club. It's like what on earth are you even thinking? But you know that that that's what breeds the rivalry in it. And, and football, you know, music. It's you know, I went to see bloody Richard Hawley in in, in Manchester. I
0: love Richard Hawley.
1: Um, it was in the um, not the Bridgewater. Is it the Bridgewater Hall? Um, I don't know. The lovely one. It's like down, um, I can't remember. But I went and. and and some fella was there, and me and Dominic were just, were just in this gig, and this fella's like stood there next to us, and then he uh, he goes to the toilet, and he comes back, and he's with his missus, and these other, this other couple, and uh, he's eyeing me up on. He can hear it obviously me talking and stuff, and right, he's like looking at me, and, and I'm thinking, oh, fucking, I can't be asked this, uh, and then he goes, he goes to the toilet, and comes back, and goes, you're stood in my space, space. <sighs> I went to him you're joking, mate. I said, There's no like, you don't get tall where you're standing, you stand where you want to be. <laughs> yeah. And he took his jack off and wanted to like, have a fight at a Richard Orley gig. And I said to him, I ah, do you not, know mate. I said, You need to like seriously have a look at yourself. I said, Because you know, Richard Orley is the most chilled out yeah. musician. This music should really relax you. Yeah. And you want to have a fight over someone standing in your space. I said, It's absolutely ridiculous. So unfortunately, you get them TVs all over the place, whether it be gigs, whether it be. Football, but you know, I think if anyone's going out fighting with each other at a football match, you need your head checking.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've got to say that the the scare, most scared I've ever been was at a Libertine's gig where someone yeah. was, you know, he'd gone, he, he yeah. was not even aware of where he was in this planet at that point, and he was just staring at me and staring at me and clearly wanted something to happen. And yeah, I'd never had that at a football no, game. Yeah, yeah. so it, it can be across the board, but yeah, I just feel that I don't know in music it does tend to be this kind of almost a community feel whereas in in football it's very much tribal but I guess that's just how it is I I certainly can't see it changing anytime soon
1: anyway no one as well in the 90s when you know I used to go with my sister my dad used to take her to a Affleck's Palace to get like bright coloured wallabies and like these these baggy pants and and, like acid t-shirts and that don't have the bloody army dad was thinking of, like, but he used to take him by <laughs> all these mad things and whistles and stuff and this about ninety like ninety two or something, ninety-three. Yeah. And um I remember thinking like and there used to be people who'd come to the Asian from Liverpool and they go to that Maxime's place over in Wigan or whatever it was, mm. And then you'd get people coming from Manchester, who'd go like the State or go to like the Drone, which is over in Birkenhead, or they go to like um and Park. And then Spike Island and it's like obviously there was it was that thing what we were saying before with the northwest of the connection, which isn't then city? It's like we're all going to to be a part of something, you know. And you know, apart from very small occasions, I've never had any aggro,
0: yeah. Well, I've, I've seen Manchester. This, like loads of times I've seen it on a Man City forum where Liverpool will be kind of getting slagged on, and then someone will say something about Liverpool, you know, the city or the people, and yeah. the responses you know, they're coming every time yeah. it'll be, be people saying, Oh no, I hate the, the club but what a city that is it's a great night out it's great oh, people yeah. you always have a good laugh uh, and that always kind of it's always a little bit reassuring to me that it's like okay just keep it at football but yeah. you,
1: know. you know you know the thing of um, one thing that really got like greats on me is the thing of like you know sign on sign on and all that oh, stuff sort of yeah. and like bin dippers and all this and it's like you know like I'm not I'm I not really it, bothered man. it's just sad it. I know it's just sad and stuff but it's so nasty man it's like you know and and stuff I'm, I'm not saying any any team I'm not saying City I'm saying anyone who comes and says that kind of thing and anyone who goes around there's country's the country's on its knees you know what yeah. I mean and that's been for the past like 10 years And on a state of like unemployment and people having a hard time and people not being able to get by never mind going to a match paying £50 pound to shout a load for the yeah. hell abuse at each other and that I don't mind you know shout what you want about the club <laughs> but don't say it about the people because you know not everyone's like that. After them lads to go to match, buddy going around Europe, you know, going, well, going exactly. to the tw- twenty-two football games across Europe from yeah. bloody, from Munich to to Basel and all the rest of it. And you know, it it, it, blow, it, it blows me. I off to think how oh, hard people work to you know to support something that you know is 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 a, is a leather ball at the end of the day. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I remember um, it's very similar to how I feel about kind of. You know, attendance watching. I remember Villa on a, a Monday night um, got, and got. I think that you know they were kind of rooted mid table, were going nowhere. I'm going back a few years now, and and they got something like twenty three thousand that night, and it was on Sky. Yeah. And I remember being on Twitter, and loads of people were kind of you know laughing at kind of half empty stands. It's like, hang on a minute, it's this is Sky's fault. This uh-huh. is like you know, it's this fixture was rearranged at the last minute they've had to travel far, they've probably got awful roadworks in the middle of kind of yeah. Birmingham and all the rest of it and yet you've got fellow fans kind of mocking them whereas it could easily be them. It's, you know, I know. all all fixtures are kind of rearranged at the last minute these days. I just,
1: I just think when that whole thing of Sky coming in um, with that um, that song Simple Minds yeah. around that area um, Richard Keys sat there with his big hairy hands and, um, and, and kind of I just thought football then was just at, at, at a point of just going a bit mad. And I think what should have been happening is they should have been making sure that teams were filling the ground. As in, not so much um, selling tickets, but if you can't, if you can't sell that many tickets, there should be schools giving tickets, or there should be some yes, kind of absolutely. Um, you know, point. I'm not saying a point deduction, but I'm saying some kind of something against the club because. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if one, as we've seen now, there's no one in the ground and the grounds are still all right to open. So it's like, I don't know that there's probably been some kind of fallback off, off, off the Premier League and off, off whatever money it is or whatever. But it's, them grounds should not be empty. You know, I remember seeing Wigan with about 17,000 in the ground in the Prem and like the ground was empty. And you think, you know, it's quite obvious that people at Wigan can't, have, like, can't all afford to be spending £50 tickets. You know, because that that if it's in the prem, that's what's going on. And when they're in the first division, they're, they're selling more tickets. And there's a reason. It's 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 far too expensive. I can't afford to go the to match. You know, I, I go. Out, I went out last night, like and 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 a of the lads, and who know who all go the game. And and like I always find them like making excuses, like I'll oh get yeah, you know. I I'd, I'd love to go to get you know. I'd, I can, I can get tickets for the match, but the point is, is I can't afford to go to the game. Mm. I can't afford. Like to go to fifty five pound ticket every week with we travel there, with couple of pints, we exactly. pie. Yeah. You know, I can't afford to spend under pound a week on just going to watch football and then the European game or whatever whatever else, it's 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 extortionate. You know what yeah. I mean? It's extortionate football.
0: That's the thing because ticket prices rightly, I I, I get why you- ticket prices are concentrated on because it simplifies matters but it's not just course ticket prices it is the travel and it is the kind of expenses when you're there and if you're going down Wembley for example you know you, you, you want to make it a special occasion you don't want to just basically not spend a penny the whole day when At you're only? there so um, you know like I went to the semi-final a couple of years ago knowing that I couldn't afford the final no way I had to choose between one and I thought well we could lose this semi so let's go to that one instead and um, home games now I can go to one in every two or three um, yeah. I can't afford to go every time and yet I could afford to go when I was like
1: 14, 15, 16 and I did a paper round yeah it was so, a fiver yeah and, um, I, I was laughing last night or long so in the cop um, when, they, when they when they took it from um, standing to seating they opened the McDonald's and at that time a McDonald's meal was £2.88 it was no as a two pound eighty-eight meal. Right. And it was a burger, your fries, and your drink. And at that same time, the match was about eight quid or something for a, for a young yeah. person. Now, a young person's is 35 to 45 quid. But a big Mac meal is five pounds fifty or something. Yeah. So the extortion there just doesn't it isn't getting any correlation. Do you know, it's just madness. It's like how how has it went and I like you know, I went to see Brian Wilson. Um, I had the Beach Boys, and I'm saying, oh, begrudge spending 50 quid on a TikTok. see so you're an absolute legend. Hmm. You're going to sit and listen to boss songs for three hours. Or, as I said before, going to watch Ronnie Rosenthal and Neil and Ruddock. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew- oh. I, I knew what I was choosing. I've,
0: I've, I've got a it to Liverpool. Before we do, you mentioned Simple Minds there, yeah, and I've got a great anecdote, which I hope is true, I think is true, about Alive and Kicking. Yeah. And um, so whoever wrote that song, it wasn't Jim Kerr. It was played to him, and the band hated it. It yeah. just thought, "Oh, this is a rubbish song." So the bit at the end where he just says "na na 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 na," yeah. that's him basically mocking how bad the song is. He's yeah. he, he can't be asked making up any lyrics towards the end, so it just ends with "na na na na," and then they realise once listen to how good it was.
1: It's brilliant. Yeah, I, I, you know what. I watched that Rockfield documentary, the other Yes. Yeah, you, uh, so
0: you played there, didn't you? Oh, sorry. Uh, you we recorded, we
1: recorded, yeah. Well, I said to Nick yesterday, I can't remember going to Rockfield, you know what You can't remember? We went twice. I said, I can't remember once, never mind twice. Uh, and I, I don't know why, it's, just, it's totally just clipped. I can remember a part of sitting in the living room in there, um, and I can, I can remember what the music sounds like, it was when we were doing a very early album. Um, but I just I just couldn't remember going. It's, it's it's just totally gone out of my brain.
0: Yeah. It's such a mad story. I mean, if, if anyone... You know, people listening in, it's it should be on iPlayer still. Um, it is. On BBC Four, I think, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Really good documentary. Just two farmers who well into music inside to set up a recording studio. Would well,
1: do um, you know where um, there's a song, I Hear You Knocking? Yes. Um, yeah. And if you listen to it, there's a bit where it stops and a big, like... It sounds like an out-of-tune piano just plays one big chord. Right. Like, ding, it goes and just go ding and it's that Kingsley who played that piano oh was it? yeah (laughs) because they were in the studio and they were all getting bevied and he went in and 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 they let him play the player so I think he was number one or something he's on a a number one hit I was laughing
0: my head off at him because he every story he told you could clearly see he was just a pain in the arse oh yeah so we would be like oh
1: Freddie was sitting there playing piano so when I sat next to him (laughs) Yeah. yeah He's, he was like that when we went so I remember him because uh, like you know I always I always, re- always thought his name his surname was Kingsley yeah um, it's a mad name isn't it? Um, and I remember everyone used say oh Kingsley's daughter because she used to always go past on horses. to the used Kingsley and then he came in once and just wouldn't shut up mate <laughs> like just wouldn't you had to shut the door to let him out the room it's unbelievable <laughs> you think he'd learn his lesson at some point I mean god how many banters he had there well, it's weird because in the town, um, there's like loads of pubs as you were saying, mm. but they all like all the pubs are really good pubs, and yeah. they all like know when there's a band in town. Know what I mean? They, and and Correct. everyone's like happy to come down and like uh, and meet the bands and everything. But when there was like a, a Liverpool band, then all the local art cases want to come down, and punch your head in, yeah, and we right. had all these gangs coming down, like punching holes in glasses and in glass Correct. windows and everything. Oh, I was like unbelievable. What a place, Monmouth is. <laughs> well, let's bring it back to, uh, to Liverpool and particularly kind of to last night, of course,
0: with, with the trophy lift and the kind of yeah. crowned champions. Going back to the start of the season, um, I mean, there's no question they have been consistently sensational this year. You don't win a title by nearly 20 point margin, if that's not the case. Given how good they were last season, though, getting to 97 points, have they exceeded your expectations this time out, or did you expect this could well be a title winning campaign?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I thought, you know, the, the year that we nearly done it with Brendan Rodgers and, and obviously the Gerrard slip, mm. um, you know, and I, you know, Stephen Gerrard went to my school was two years above me and I can remember him being on the yard and, and, and kind of play, we used to have to play with like tennis balls, yeah. win a lot of case balls and he, he like, you know, while I always used to like be made up that I shared the playing ground, the, the lad who, who lifted the European Cup for Liverpool mm-hmm. the team and um, I would have loved to see him lift, lift the Prem um, and that season, I I thought we were absolutely amazing that season. Um, you no, know, the, the I think it was um, Sturridge, Sterling, and Suarez. Suarez. God, he was good. Wasn't he? Yeah, it was just unbelievable. We were on fire. We had Coutinho, and we were just unbelievable, like absolutely unbelievable. Um, and, and we were unlucky, you know, because to be fair, Brendan Rodgers just came. It was like this fresh philosophy of just this attacking mad football. You know, you score two, you score three. Uh, and then last season, you know, obviously, we were great, we come very close. Very unlucky. But, you know, looked, we don't remember being lucky in 30 years, you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. kind of City 1 and that's the end of it. Um, but then this year, I thought, you know, the signings, I think, Fabinho, um we, we haven't had a player like that for a long time. Um, you know, not like him, but that Didier man kind of, you know, let, you, let your centre-half go up and, and, and have a go or, yeah. you know, go attack and He'll always be that, that fella you can just rely on. The anchor man almost, in and, and he's brilliant at passing the ball. And, and Henderson's been fantastic. And I made up for Henderson because, you know, he, unfortunately, you know, I, I say, again, I don't call the match every week, but I try and watch him as much as I can. And what I've seen him, he, he was getting flack, you know. And, and I always have this... Huge boots to fill, wasn't it? Totally, you know, a, a club captain, um, and we had we had a liver, a, a lad as a captain.
0: Yeah,
1: um, you know, and Carragher, and, and we never really had a, a had a, a scouts lad in the team, and then he's given the captaincy, and and he is very, I always used to say, like the Lily Shaw kind of perfect professional, <laughs> yeah. and 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 to be fair, I think that that must really breed, um, you know a really good footballer, you know, and you go through that at such a young age and you're nurtured right through to being the true professional. And I, I think, you know, maybe a lot of them have failed they went to the show, but when he was, when he, he came that year and Dagley signed him, yeah, I think he saw Charlie Adam, uh, Andy Carroll, um, Stuart Downham. Um I, I, w- I was made up because I was thinking, you know, this is what we've done years ago. We signed lads from, from Scotland and mm, and the Northeast, yeah. North East. Um and we've always had a great like similarity with them places and I thought these lads would come down and they'll it'll be perfect for Liverpool. It's great with some British players. You know I was really made up and, and unfortunately they never the only one that worked out was Danny Wilson was a lad I think um from, from Rangers and and kind of the only one that has worked out has kind of been um Anderson. And to be fair he's, he's he's brilliant. You see how much it means to him. Um and he's, he's had a brilliant season, you know, and sense as well coming through, and, and the Robinson and and you know San Van Dyke and Bet and Becker, It's like kind of I don't I don't know. I think we maybe need that other centre. I think we get another centre half who's really at a like level
0: in the next window. You think?
1: Yeah, at, at a level of of what Van Dyke is, you know, there yeah. isn't many at that level. Um, but if you get another really strong, you know, so we've, we've had the mix up between Gomez. Uh, in Lovren and Matip. Yeah. And Gomez is great. Um, you know, I'd like to see him play for Liverpool, but it is kind of, he does maybe get unfit, you know, or whatever the reason yeah. is. I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, we've um, got, I
0: mean, to a much worse extent than, than Gomez, but we've got John Stones, of course, in that regard. Someone <laughs> who you know that if he was fully fit, he'd, he's first team every week, but yeah. you can't rely on and, and And it's horrible as it sounds. There are certain players who you think they're going to be like this in two years' time and four years' time and six, you know, their injury issues are not going to go away. They're not going away, yeah. But But there's still time for Gomez to kind of get over that. I remember Gerard. I mean, for the first, like, three years, he he had all these kind of hamstring injuries, didn't he? Yeah, Yeah. And um, the feeling was he was always going to be that type of player. And then I I might have this completely wrong, but didn't he go to a dentist and have a couple of teeth out? and then
1: Yeah, it did. Yeah, well, wisdom seed.
0: Yeah, oh, was it a, wisdom seed, right. And,
1: right? and it kind of, it kind of solved his, his problems. But even, even I remember thinking back about Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney was, was remember he was saying, oh, he's being played too much as a young player, yeah. and, and his metatarsal I think it was what went so, and then he, he, he was in, he was with that woman eating the pot noodle, um, <laughs> which was absolutely insane. um, when it came back. um Absolutely mad, mad yeah. person. Um, but you look at that stuff and you think, you know, it must be really tough, mustn't it, being, being Gomez, I don't know how old he is, he's about 23, 24, is he uh, or something?
0: Yeah, it might be a touch young, I would have guessed at 22, but um, I might be wrong, but yeah, yeah so we've still got it, plenty of
1: time. Yeah, of course, and, and you know, you know, we make the joke of, I could probably go and play for Liverpool and sit next to Van Dijk <laughs> with Fabinho in front of me, I, I'd be right as well, No, i will probably look good, because um, it must be, you know, great, mustn't it, walking onto the pitch and look at them players around, you and think, this this is great. So I remember thinking um there was a year when we had um I think it was Rayner in goal, um Carragah, um, um Mascarano, Alonso, Torres, and Gerard, and yeah. and the middle of the team was absolutely amazing. But that then had a we had field like, three
0: was yeah, unbelievable.
1: We, yeah. yeah. we had like Ar Belower, um, What's his name? The fellow, the, the fellow who's Ali Kuhl, um, you know, and all these fellas who just they never ever got it right. Where well, I think now with Liverpool, one more player and the perfect, don't you know I mean? I think hmm. you know, one or two maybe. Um, you know,
0: I mean the thing. I one of the things I'm, I'm a real sucker for was two things actually, and both apply to Liverpool. The um, first thing I'm a real sucker for is when you've got like a creative player whose legs have gone a bit. So they stick him kind of in that Fabinho role and just ask him to play quarterback and spray it around. And of yeah. course you guys did that with John Barnes. John I Barnes, looked, yeah. Oh, for those couple of seasons, I love watching him just spray it around. But the second thing I love a perfectly balanced midfield. That is my big thing for football. And those three you had Mascherano and Alonso and Gerrard. the way they complement each other was, and i have got. I'll, go, I'll Oh, um, I'll keep on on side as well and say in the mid-80s with Everton 4 with yeah. uh, Sheedy and Bracewell and I love perfectly balanced midfielders and um, yeah so that 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 team should have done better I think uh,
1: but yeah. they came close though they did yeah they came close but you know it's not not close but <laughs> not you're there good now. enough in it you're there you know. I mean,
0: so how, how did it is it possible to put into words how it felt um, kind of you know when, when it kind of because obviously, at one point, it looked like football wasn't going to come back, and it could have yeah. been kind of an old whatever. And um, so, when it actually, you could say to yourself, "Right, well, we've won the Premier League." Um, is, is there kind of is a relief in there as well, or is it just pure joy?
1: It's great. It's like good to to have it done because, as you said, he was that worry But, You know, I've got like um, older uncles or family, yeah. or friends. And to be fair, you know, I've the older generation. Um, I might be I might be on, I'm only speaking a sort of small percentage but they just seem as if they're just happy that it's done yeah. you know what I mean now and it's, it, there's not that thing of you know maybe there's still a little bit of worry as well about you know are people still okay or the health side of things and is it too soon to get excited but there didn't seem to be a lot of the older generation out last night uh, you know I never went down the ground or nothing like that I've never done all that stuff um, which Tarzan's obviously did but even even around the ground earlier on, it see like younger people. Yeah, and to me, it is totally like it's amazing, you know. But I think there is that air of just like let's get let's crack on with next season now, and you know let's sign with it again. And I think catch United up, um, and then kind of i feel happy. I think then it, it, it obviously is great. It was a great celebration. It was a you time. guys,
0: is it one behind United? Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. So we, we need that that other one and, and I don't think they're, they're looking on winning anytime soon. And I think I think with Klopp, I think, you know, anything is kind of, I'd probably have a number one hit if, if Klopp was managing me. <laughs> um, or two or three, probably. No, but I, I was lucky enough to go over to Qatar in, in the winter um, for the, the World Club Cup, whatever it was. Um, yeah. And that was great. You know, it, it didn't feel like that was going to very important because we were all so focused on this prem. Um, but, that was, that was great. You know, winning the, winning the Champions League last year, getting the Champions League final the year before, and coming so close. It kind of shows that. They <laughs> came on, leaps and bounds.
0: Oh, God, I mean, good God, yeah. yeah. There's no way you're going to go away. The only theory I had was this year, I attribute a lot of City's kind of um, shortfall yeah. to the fact that psychologically, you can't expect a group of players to be at that level for three years running it's no. just not possible because they've won it twice you know to, to kind of want it that badly for a third time it's just not in you know human no. kind of makeup and so I thought the same might apply to Liverpool next year I thought they've had two amazing seasons it might be where they have a, a little fall off next year uh, but with the break now and the fact that you know it's the players are fully rested and um, I can't see you guys going away next year it's City are going to have to Spend. We're going to have to bring in two or three new names, particularly at the back. Um, and if we do, though, if we can get back to that kind of <coughs> level of last season, um, as as much as I dislike the kind of tribal rivalry, and I'm being a hypocrite because you know I, I tweet a few things here and there, of course I do, but I do I I don't like it. Um, but I love the actual rivalry on the pitch. I mean, God, it makes for a, a better season. Because bear in mind as well, Timo, you guys have had an unbelievable, unforgettable season. It's been don't fuck for us.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. Well, to be fair, I, I think, and um, this only looking out from the outside in, uh, I don't think, as a Liverpool team, being around Klopp, um, to lose any kind of inspiration to want to drive, to be mm. the best, uh, I think, what, to me, every time i look at look at it looks miserable it looks dull it yeah. looks it looks exhausted with it and i don't know if i don't know if that's right or i don't know if i'm even am even talking any kind of sense or nonsense there but every single time i see him on television he doesn't look that same man he was there 2 years ago and and, and you know i remember that i remember around like time of of, of like you know maninho coming and and it was this new kind of change of football and kind of mm. philosophy and and i'm you know, people get the other teams get wise to it, and, and and kind of, you know, I think City's weaknesses is I think everyone feels like they can have a go at City, as you say, know the defence and and like kind of, I think Guardiola's head goes a little bit. I think looking at, it. I think if if he's up against it, well, yeah, I totally
0: go along with how he is in the media, and I think a lot of Blues, if if they've got one criticism of Pep, it would be that he doesn't kind of. Um, he doesn't seem to realise that he's not talking to the interviewer, he's talking to the fans via yeah. the interviewer, um, mm. so when he is kind of downbeat and miserable, it, it's it's aimed at the interviewer, you know, he's, he's he doesn't really kind of connect well with the media, yeah. um, but it's okay. also, who, who want to hear what he has to say, um, so that is a frustration now, and he's, he's much the same in the press conferences as well, but I don't think he's ever going to change here. Oh. Um
1: and so, you, don't want, you, you don't want him to do you? He, no. To me, to me, it's like every time you go to Manchester, it rains, and <laughs> you see, it just seems like it's always raining on him. Like, and
0: he's a good fit in that regard. You know,
1: yeah, yeah, I like him as well. To be fair, you know, I just think maybe maybe he's, he's just he they get, they get I'm not saying bored or they get whatever, but it must be tough. Must have been a manager, and, and now thinking for him out how, how, how do we change to to now win that again next
0: year? Yeah, that's, that's I what think he knew, saying. honestly, Tim. I I, I think, he, obviously, he would never have said so. He did say in about December time, he said, I don't know what the problems are. Um, obviously, the main reason is that Liverpool are kind of unstoppable right now, but yeah. within ourselves, I don't know. But I think he knew way earlier than that. I, I reckon kind of early September. Yeah. Privately, he would never have said it to anyone. He thought, right, this is Liverpool's year. We can't match him because... Yeah. And that's just had an impact upon his kind of whole persona this year. But um, yeah, I think he's going to come out at Hungary again next year.
1: Yeah, t- it's t- would you, would you, would you, a question, would you rather win the league again or would you rather get that kind of Champions League? Well, six weeks
0: ago, two months ago, I would have said the league all day long. Um, just, it's a Brent Butter, Premier League. You win that, you know, you're the best team in, in the country. Um, but after what happened with UEFA. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, to win it! Imagine us winning it in in, in August and lift. They have to hand over the trophy to Pep Guardiola. It would, as a City fan, it would be the sweetest thing ever because you know, for all of the kind of you know the cast and and the kind of two year ban and all rest of it. You know, bear in mind we hated UEFA before all this happened. Yeah. So, oh god, that would be the sweetest thing ever. So, yeah, yeah I would take a Champions League win in August over the league next year, which is. I never thought I'd say, you know, two yeah.
1: years ago. I'd love to take another league over a Champions League. Yeah. So, we might as swap now, eh? Let's do it, let's do it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause like <laughs> I'm aware with the news. lads.
0: Yeah, we'll yeah. do it, I'll pass it on.
1: <laughs> yeah, pass it on.
0: Um, before we go, I just want to talk about um, your work with the Flory. Is it the Flory? Yeah,
1: it is the Flory, yeah, Florence Institute.
0: So, I, I've seen, because I'm friends with you on Facebook, so I've seen kind of stuff you do, but kind of, um, so just for kind of listeners, what, what, what is it?
1: Um, the Floddy is, is a grade two listed building in Liverpool, late, right. um, in an area called the Dingle. It was um, England's first boys' institute. Right. It wasn't a school, but it was built in 1889 for young lads from the area to get them out of the slums into doing some recreational stuff. They, were, they had like loads of um, really high graded boxers. A fellow called Alan Rutkin, Tommy Bache, both fought in the Olympics. And Tommy Basile, as he cheated in the in a final, right. um, and huh? he, he was he was the man on um, points. Right, um, he was the man who should have been king. If you have a look at him as a um, boxer, he, he was absolutely fantastic, uh, a brilliant, brilliant fighter. You know when, and um, we had like I think we were the first place to have a gymnastics team, a swimming team, in England. Um, so when it reopened again in two thousand, so it fell this disrepair in the eighties. Opened again two thousand twelve. As a community building, um, which we're going to do weddings, functions, that kind of stuff. Um, and kind of struggled through into 2015, um, and a lady called Anne London took over to CEO. Uh, and then I went to do a gig there in 2016 with Mick Head. Um, and met Anne, and I've always wanted to do community work. I've always wanted to be like... Um, I figure in the community who helps people and, and want to try and support my community and yeah. I support them people who need a bit of a help because my Uncle Tom used to do the same thing um, and uh, I went in and just said I'd love to come and help us but we'll come and do it then if we open again in 2016 I'd love to see you so I went in there done some volunteering um, and kind of now we're at the point where we offer 42 hours of free activities um, a week um, everything from knitting to ballroom dancing to um, guitar classes to art, support, dyslexia support, autism support. Um, and I kind of manage all the volunteers do them kind of things. Um, I also kind of work with volunteers as in um, maybe people who just, just need to help around and to and try and stop with social isolation. But the weird thing is, is I worked for four years to get to try and put it into social isolation. Now it's mm. the point of keeping everyone socially isolated. Yes, <laughs> It's yeah. like, and, yeah. And it, it's it's weird i'm in a weird um uh, limbo of how we still carry on because it's very important that them things go on but in a safe means um so yoga is 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 very important but as as well as all the well-being stuff because the one thing what it could also be a massive factor with this this um this outbreak is is kind of the mental side of things and people's mental health and yeah and, and I also do a guitar group where I uh, teach people how to play guitar. And um, for small print is, is, I don't teach you, uh, you 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 learn yourself, or you know, because learning guitar, you've got to want to do it. Um, mm. And you know, we I do it every week, every Tuesday, um, six till seven fifteen for people who've never played before, and then seven thirty for quarter nine where people who come along and we we give sheets out like. Sweet Caroline and all the rest of it and we'll have a <laughs> sing-along and, and it's brilliant. I love it. Like I have about a week about 50 people or something over the two, two lessons. Yeah. In the first group was getting 36 people at one point.
0: Of all ages as well.
1: All ages. So a, a kid comes who's eight um, with her, with his mum who learns as well and then there's a guy who comes who's 88. So there's 80 years between the uh-huh. youngest and the oldest and, and we all learn and, and play together and have a good laugh and, it's brilliant, uh, and I'm missing it. I, you know, kind of need to get it back going pretty soon. But I tried a little bit online at the start of lockdown. It just wasn't the same. Mm. You know, not wasting seeing my face down a bloody okay. screen playing guitar. And it's not the same. I like to, I like to be hands on, and help people, um, and for them as well, it's so, socializing. Yes, you know, and yeah. for me, it's not just for them. You know, it's very important for me to socialize um, because as you get older you realise you've got a lot of friends on the end of the t- text but how many friends you actually see face to face Well, Dimin- yeah. diminishes as the years go on don't do you know and, and it's very important though,
0: I, think, I think this lockdown's really brought it home to a lot of people it certainly has with me where yeah. um, I'm, I'm really desperate to see my mate again whereas yeah. before the lockdown I was you know I was just kind of you know, I'd get a text to want to come out tonight yeah, yeah maybe mate maybe next week you know and yeah. I, I was one of those kind of people and now it's like right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to kind of. I've got mates in Manchester. Who I haven't seen for years. I'm going to go up and I'm going to see him. Um, and yeah. yeah, it's brought it home to me. It's all about kind of connection and the actual human connection, not exactly you know, technical connection.
1: But. You know, because that that is the thing. And it's like you know, in a in a, in a world where you can you know, well sound no weird about this, but I could probably leave the house, go to Tesco, save myself in Tesco, <laughs> yeah. go to the post office, do my own way and thingy, and then go to the cash machine and be out the house for an hour and not even speak to someone whereas 20 years ago that person went out the shop they went to news agents they spoke to the man who served them. they went to Tesco they spoke to the woman on the counter and even them little bits of talking to someone you know if if I'm an 80 year old lady or a 70 year old man or whatever and I live alone and and once I get in my house and my front door shuts I don't see anybody or speak to anyone that's very important so having somewhere like the flotty and I know I know in Manchester there's a lot of good places, you know, doing doing a similar kind of thing. And in Chester as well, and all up and down the country, there's people who are pulling together mm. and helping one another. And that that that's what it's about. It shouldn't be me eh, offering the support of the Florida. We should be doing it each other. And I think I think a massive a massive, massive massive side of this is, you know, and, and, and th- I'll leave this as my last words, of like everyone goes on about how labour they are and how, how left left wing we all are and everything, how great we all are. Yeah and we'll all put an X in the box for Labour and, and the right thing, but then we don't even say hello to each other or help each other on, onto the bus or whatever. I think that a lot of that's got to, you know, that's where, that's where there's Labour and all good country and good people start saying hello and being nice to one another. Well, that is
0: a fine way to end it, mate. But before we do, um, if people want to listen to City Pets, where do they head to, uh, where's it available?
1: Okay, so there's, it's on Spotify. If you go to Spotify, there's a couple of tracks on at the moment. Um, just Akiro, uh, O-K-I-R-O. Or if you go to Instagram, um, I think it's Akiro underscore music or something. Uh, and Twitter is Arakiro Music. Uh, and then on the 31st of July, it'll be available on Apple Music, Deezer and Spotify.
0: Well, it's recommended from the pod. Um, if anyone's looking for some real proper uplifting dance tunes, yep. I mean, it's not Coldplay's "The Sky Full of Stars," but nope. but what is?
1: Well, <laughs> what did the that choice? Do you know what the mad thing is? Is um, uh, I saw you know I saw Coldplay years ago and they were brilliant. Yeah, and I and I see them sometimes on the. T- I watched them at Glastonbury a few years ago on telly, and they were brilliant. But they just sh- yeah, bad, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's and like it- that. It's that thing in you know, the of um, it's like I just don't, you know, it doesn't relate to me. Like what we say before about the Oasis stuff. It's, you know, I don't want to be in, I don't want to be in Chris Martin's gang. No, you know, <laughs> walking around selling tape on my fingers in a fucking stupid blazer. Uh-huh. Leave that to none of me. So stick with me. I'm yeah. not Chris Martin. All right, it's
0: been an absolute pleasure, mate. It's thanks very much. so much for joining us today. Oh,
1: thanks for your support and thanks, thanks.
0: I'll see you for a pint soon. Absolutely, yeah. We will all meet for a pint soon. And and thanks, as always, to you guys for tuning in. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. And most importantly of all,
1: keep safe. Yeah, keep safe. Have a good one, everyone. And forever, up the blues. And the Reds. (laughs)